Hello, this is Margarita Monet from Edge of Paradise, and you are listening to the Metal Pit Podcast. Welcome to the Metal Pit Podcast, where we delve deep into the albums and bands that shaped metal. Please visit us on our website at www.themetalpit.org, and you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at The Metal Pit. And you're on, oh, excuse me, <laughs> we're on YouTube at The Metal Pit. 666. If you have any comments or album suggestions or questions about the podcast, email me at podcast at the metal pit.org. I am your host, Blake, and I run the metal pit if you haven't figured that out yet. And today I have with me two of my writers from the metal pit, Jim and Stacia. How are you, Jim? Awesome. Glad to be here. Glad to be doing this again. And it's great to, uh, be able to chat and hear the wisdom of Stacia, who I'm a huge fan, of, huge fan, huge fan of her her reviews and stuff she's done. So this is awesome. And Stacia, how are you? Oh, I'm great. Also, that's so sweet, Jim. Thank you so much. Uh, I'm very, very psyched to be here talking about one of the best bands in the entire world. Well, every part, every episode we do, Stacia is an expert on whatever we're doing so far. <laughs> so we'll totally. have to get you on one where you're not an expert, maybe. <laughs> but, it's good luck i'm a big metal nerd <laughs> so uh let's see i wanted to mention about what a great team we have at the metal pit of the writers because well jim here who's has been i don't know a few months now he's been on the site he's read wrote many reviews and then other reviews or like he just mentioned he'll share other people's reviews and all that stuff so it's all good there from jim who lives in nova scotia for anybody that doesn't know and then me and Stacia are both in Ontario. And I just wanted to say a little thing. Me and my wife and my niece went to visit Stacia's wonderful vegan restaurant in Hamilton, Ontario. The Hardy Hooligan. Look her up everywhere. Maybe she isn't everywhere, but she's definitely on Facebook and Instagram. <laughs> uh, and I just wanted to say when we were at the restaurant and I had my, oh, I had to get my cookies before we left. So I got my King Diamond Slayer <laughs> and Venom cookies. <laughs> and then I went to pay and I heard Stacia whisper something to the person at the desk that was checking me out. And I said, I thought, okay, she's either telling the girl to be careful of this guy or give him a discount. <laughs> so I guess that you probably said I'm giving him a discount. So that was very nice that you probably said that. Did she tell but you the name of the discount? That, I just tipped more, which you probably <laughs> didn't <even> notice. <laughs> did you, did she tell you what the name of our discount is? No, it's, it's called the local punk discount. Wow. <laughs> well, see, I didn't take the. I thought, oh, because she said, do you want my receipt? And I said, no. And then after that, oh, I should have took the receipt just to see, to see how much <laughs> it would have said local punk discount on it. <laughs> yeah, I didn't take the receipt. But anyway, that's why we how we look out for each other on the metal pit. So today we're talking about, oh, I got one of Stacia's favorite bands. Well, every one we've done has been one of your favorite bands, I guess. But I think you have a lot of favorite bands. So This is easily my top three. Okay. And we're going back to 1979 and the second album from Motorhead, Overkill. And I'm going to let Stacia read a little bio about Motorhead. 
All right. So Motorhead was founded in 1975 in London, England by Ian Fraser Kilmeister, who, of course, is best known as Lemmy. Lemmy was a roadie for Jimi Hendrix and played bass in a band called Hawkwind from 1971 to 1975. So one of the only songs that Hawkwind actually allowed him to contribute was a song called Motorhead, which is a British slang word for speed freak so he took that name when he was kicked out of the band and started his own band motorhead spanned 40 years so 1975 right up until lemmy's death in 2015 they've had a few lineup changes over their career but lemmy has always been the central member of the band and has always been their main songwriter uh, one thing that sets motorhead apart from every other band at that time is how influential they were to both the new wave of british heavy metal even bands like Venom, who coined the term black metal, as well as countless punk bands from the late 70s through the 80s. So in my encyclopedia of punk, there's actually an article about Motorhead being the only metal that a self-respecting punk would listen to. But metalheads likely felt the exact same way and saw Motorhead as the only punk band they would listen to. And that's particularly because of their speed. But in either case, that was the one show that both punks and metalheads could safely intermingle at. Motorhead has almost always been a three-piece, and over their 40-year career, they've released 23 studio albums, 10 live albums, 12 compilations, and five EPs. Okay. <laughs> I wasn't sure if you had more. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to sum up how amazing Motorhead is, but I think uh, it's, it's particularly the fact that they can join those elements of punk and metal, and they've got that bluesy rock and roll vibe as well. Uh, they're kind of a little bit of everything, and that's why I have a big sign in my house that says, it's, when you walk in, it says, if you don't like Motorhead, fuck you, because they have something for everybody. There's literally no excuse to not like them. <laughs> well, they're kind of like the ACDC of heavy metal, where they, you know, their sound has pretty much stayed the same over their whole career. I mean, of course, different, you know, even with different members and stuff, but you know, he likes, he liked it the way it was and just play fast and loud and yeah, conscious or whatever. <laughs> that's the thing um, that's always good. No matter what, like Motorhead has such a wide discography. I mean, 40 years, they pumped out a lot of content, but it was all good. Yes. Now they're, for, now they're, he didn't want to, first he was going to call the band uh, bastard. Wasn't it? I think I read. <laughs> I think so because he was kicked out of Hawkwind for drug charges uh, yes. and because Motorhead means speed freak he was like well this is perfect and he, they didn't give him a lot of uh, a lot of credit I think in that band they didn't let him contribute much in terms of writing and that was the one that they let him so I feel yeah. like uh, his heart was very much in that he was actually arrested in Canada <laughs> for the drugs and that's why they kicked him out but then it was something that was a mistake because it says it he actually wasn't carrying an illegal drug because the charges were dropped. So actually he was kicked out of the band for being charged for drugs when he wasn't even charged. Oh, <laughs> or yeah. he wasn't arrested, yeah. I guess is what it's. Because <laughs> I'm sure he didn't ha do a ton of drugs when he was in Hawkwind. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That was in Windsor, Ontario, when they were trying to cross the border, I guess. It, it makes sense, right? Because it's right there. Yeah. Now he's been in, uh, I got some extra things. I'm not going to read everything else that I have, but he's been in a lot of um, movies and stuff too. And I tried, I started to watch one the other day, Station. I'm not sure if Jim's a horror movie fan or not, but I started to watch, let's see, Return to Newcomb High. Have you seen that, Stacia? 
I actually haven't. Yeah, well, I I couldn't really get through it. But <laughs> <laughs> Lemmy was in. I don't remember if he spoke a little bit, but the movie was just fucked up, so I just stopped watching it. But there's lots of liquids flying around, but it's not blood. But it's just it's weird. <laughs> to be honest, you you're kind of selling it. me on it. Like I feel like I want to see it now. <laughs> Well, maybe you can get through it, but I don't know. There was a girl in the shower and something was happening down in the lower section and all these other girls are getting sprayed by this liquid. I don't know. I don't know what the hell it was, but anyway. <laughs> this is the best advertisement for a movie I've ever heard. Like everything you say makes me want to watch it more. Well, you can watch it. I just couldn't keep watching it. Okay. <laughs> so uh so let's well we'll start. Well, let's start with Jim then. When did you first hear Motorhead in your life? Oh, well, I mean, uh, you know, I had, I think I had Ace of Spades in my top 10 of 1980 albums last week on the uh, Aussie podcast. But I mean, you know, it would have been probably Ace of Spades, probably, or I think the first album I bought was Orgasmatron. And I went from there. I mean, I always knew of Ace of Spades at that point, was getting into a lot more heavy metal and then going back and getting the back catalog. My, my you know, awesome content. Stacia hits it on the head. I mean, that many albums. And I, you know, uh, No Sleep Till Hammersmith's probably my top two, my top three live albums of all time. So, you know, you, you can just, and those first four albums leading up to that, I mean, they're just, it's just absolute gold. And uh, so, you know, me and my friends back in the eighties, being a child of the eighties, just ate it up like crazy. And I got to, you know, I've seen them in 1988. I seen uh, Motorhead open for Alice Cooper on the Raise Your Fist and Yell tour. And I think if I can remember right, it was for rock and roll. And that was pretty cool. And then I saw them again in 2005 for their, um, for their 30th anniversary show but what was uh tour sorry and i i think uh i never saw them with the original three so that that definitely was a huge miss but still you know uh i've, I've got to see them twice here in nova scotia which is kind of kind of cool because we don't we don't get a lot of acts coming out this far east and uh oh no just live loud obnoxious awesome blew my mind in 1988 i you know my first uh, concert i went to was iron maiden and twisted sister and then then i went to this not long after that and it just you know it just blew my mind i've been a fan ever since ever since uh and i started collecting the albums going and getting the back catalog so phenomenal phenomenal band and before I let Stacey answer the question, my first concert was Twisted Sister Iron Maiden, and I think my second one was Motorhead opening for Alice Cooper. Ah, nice. <laughs> that was in London, Ontario. Well, the Alice Cooper one was in London, Ontario. The other one was in Toronto. Anyway, so Stacia, when did you first hear Motorhead? Um, honestly, so I know this is something you ask every podcast, and for some reason I didn't think about it, and I, I can't remember a time when I didn't know Motorhead genuinely <laughs> I uh so I'm from northern Ontario um and up north it's just everybody loves bluesy rock and roll so Motorhead is just kind of around it's ubiquitous and um there's there's a lot of bands like that up there that I'm not fussy about ACDC's one I can't stand ACDC but Motorhead was always just something I was like oh my gosh please just let it be Motorhead um I know Ace of Spades was always the biggest one interestingly not by a long shot not my favorite motorhead song but that's motorhead is just the band 
that you always put on no matter what you're in the mood for and it will please everybody so I kind of feel like they're just the background of my life <laughs> I don't remember when they entered it and have you seen them live so I haven't seen Motorhead live um, mostly because I never kind of lived in an area where they were around um, mm -hmm. and by the time I was it was harder and harder to see them I have seen Motor Headache, which is uh, our, I don't know how well known they are, but they're a really solid Motorhead cover band. And it's, uh, it's three people very committed to the look as well. So the, the singer also has like the, the whole Lemmy vibe and look. Um, and the, yeah, they were fantastic, but that was the closest I got. Now, for me, this question about when I first heard groups is hard, getting harder for me to answer them, too. Because <laughs> when I did Metallica and Iron Maiden, it was easy to remember those two for myself, because those are my two biggest bands at the start of me listening to heavy metal. So Motorhead, I can't remember if, I don't know if I heard the songs, I don't know why, but, but to the first, because the first album I have of Motorhead is their live album. I think that's the first the only group I've ever bought their live album before I bought anything else. <laughs> so I have no sleep to Hammersmith till Hammersmith. And that's when I first at least bought it for myself and listened to it, it was a live album. And it has, you know, it has no class on it and Ace of Spades, of course, stay clean or whatever. But yeah, I, so I can't really, except for that, I can't really say why I started listening to it. If, Ace of Spades was on the radio, maybe. I don't really think it probably was, at least not at that time. But anyway, yeah, the live album, I got it. Now, for me, seeing them live, I already mentioned open for Alice Cooper, like you said. And I also seen them open. He opened for Rob Halford's solo band and Iron Maiden. That was on the same bill, those three, Motorhead, Halford, and Maiden. Nice. <laughs> and uh, is that it? I think that was probably it. But I don't know when he started this, but like Lemmy ends the show by leaving his bass sitting up against his amp and then feedback starts picking up and stuff and he's already gone and it just keeps going until somebody comes out and shuts it off. <laughs> but he did that, the, that at the Iron Maiden show and it was just weird. <laughs> but I kind of think he did that all the time. I'm not sure if he started it because I can't really remember it during the Alice Cooper thing, but it could have happened because that was so long ago. So who knows? Okay, so we're going to go to the album now. And this is, like we said, the second uh, studio album, which I don't have one. Of course, like I said, oh, the only other album I have is No Remorse, which was like a double, like a best of kind of album, right? With a couple new songs on it. So that's the only studio album I have on vinyl anyway. But I know I had a bunch of their CDs and stuff. So anyway, first track is called Overkill. Title track. So, Stacia, what do you think? Oh man, this is starting off strong. So, I think this is the best song ever written by human beings on this earth. And I mean that very genuinely. We could be not doing a Motorhead podcast. And if you were like, what's the best song ever written? I genuinely would have said Overkill. Um, I think it's every part of it is amazing. Even the lyrics are amazing. Um, all of the like, false endings are the best like you never get sick of it but every time it ends you're like oh fuck just let the drums kick in at least one more time I wasn't finished and then they do and it's amazing um and this is why so like I know people latched on really hard to Ace of Spades but I was like ah Overkill is like the number one best Motorhead song ever written and again I really do think it is the best song ever written by a human being on this earth 
<laughs> cool. Jim, what do you think of Overkill song? Well, you know, it's it, it's going to make my top 10 list, and it I have to agree. I mean, it, it is my favorite Motorhead song. I mean, Ace of Spades, probably the first. I mean, they had a video for Ace of Spades uh, back in the day, so that's probably why I probably saw that one first. But, you know, I mean, everybody's covered this from Metallica. I mean, you know, the, the album Overkill and the song, I mean, Overkill, the band, is named after this this uh, band, the, the, this album and the song. So, and, and they do a great cover of it as well. I mean, again, like Stacia says about the drums on it, I mean, he had used, there's a story there that he had used, he had bought a spare bass drum and then he hooked it up and then they just went for it and he was going to use it for parts while they were recording in that and then they just he just went into it and I mean they just created the song super quick and and it's just it just blows you away um and another little factoid there is this is the you know this is the last song that they did on the last tour so technically this is the last song that's ever been played live so oh. I you know <laughs> I I thought I maybe Stacey you could probably back that fact up if it's if it's correct but that's when doing my uh doing my uh my uh, due diligence that's what I found so but this is the best example of a Motorhead song this is Motorhead the first album was great but this album and this song just it really tells the story of Motorhead right there and I think you know and this song I believe it hit I think it hit like 39 or something on the U.S. top 100 singles or top 50 singles and that's the big key to this is it broke into the north american market with this song and this album so but no super my favorite uh, motorhead song for sure it did i remember reading that list i think i mean again and i could be wrong because it was a while ago but i feel like it was in the 40s somewhere and i was but i remember just being like okay a it should be higher up but yeah it's true um it i mean like british punk metal hybrid stuff breaking into that was was really impressive and and agreed there this is kind of the album where they found their i love their first album i love motorhead um but this album was when they really really refined what they were and i mean they just they opened with a total face melter which is the way yep. to go i get and i guess we didn't mention yeah the drummer is phil filthy animal taylor yep. who i'm sure the animal from the muppets must have been taken after i think <laughs> and of course fast eddie clark was on the guitars who was i don't know if he quit or got fired or whatever but he went on to play with fast way and i'm not sure if there's anybody else after that but another and this it reminded me of overkill here talking about it first of all it's this uh ace of spades has played live the most and overkill has been played live the second most of motorhead songs but uh, Metallica's Garage Days re-revisited where they do all covers. I think I might have got it somewhere else, but that might have been actually where I first heard these the four Motorhead songs was by Metallica, actually, because they did Overkill, Damage Case, Stone Dead Forever, and Too Late, Too Late. And that actually might have been, except for the one that was on that live album that I have, but those other songs, I think it might have been... Metallica that was the first time I heard the Motorhead songs which is kind of funny <laughs> and, and the neat thing is is like when I saw them in 2005 the last song was Overkill but just a great shout out to this album and how how good it is they sung I think 16 or 18 songs four songs off this album 
was on that 35th or 30th anniversary, 35th anniversary tour. And when I saw them in 88, two songs were off this, and I think they only did like six or eight songs. They weren't on for very long. So, I mean, it just tells you how important this album was to their catalog. Absolutely. And then we go to Stay Clean. Now, I know, Jim, you just talked a lot there, but you want to start with this one? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, another great song. There's not a bad song on this album or a song that I would even even uh, label as uh, not one of my favorites on it. I mean, I put this on and play through it. It's awesome. Just listen to it. Uh, this has a killer punk sound to it. I mean, the guitar is, is awesome. And, and Lemmy's voice just stands right out. But this one probably, in my, in my opinion, uh, probably is the most, I mean, it's all got that really cool bluesy punk vibe. But this has got that punk sound. Uh, down to it, uh, down to a science for sure. And I, I can imagine like, you know, it, and this was one of the four songs that I saw them in 2005 play. And I would assume it's probably, you probably have the fact there that it probably is played quite a bit live. Yeah. It was like their sixth song. They played yeah. the most live, I guess. Stacia. It's, I also, I have the same thing, Jim, where I'm just this album is so all killer no filler that it's me trying like trying to not be like this is my favorite song this is my favorite song this is my favorite song (laughs) um uh but i think i also i'm not a person who really gives much of a shit most of the time about lyrics but i love motorhead's lyrics i think lemmy is an amazing songwriter um the riff in this i i think it's so groovy like the the distortion in it i'm just like this is like a very groovy kind of song um and it does have kind of a a more like neat sound uh and it's like parts of it are a little muddier um which is fantastic but it's so funny because so many people again if they hyper fixate like i do on motorhead lyrics um because a lot of people are like oh you know like the song about drug use but i think there's also some uh britishisms that don't translate over well um and this song is literally just about like staying true to yourself and not letting other people kind of bring you down or rewrite what you know about yourself um i'm like no i don't really feel like lemmy would ever write a song about not doing drugs he is lemmy (laughs) uh yeah okay i don't have anything else to add i don't think this uh actually i was gonna say that i know you two are more now i love motorhead but (laughs) there's a but uh, it's kind of like some of the other groups where I they have so many there's so many great songs, but I don't listen to a lot of their albums. Like even the last ones they did, I didn't really listen to them that much. But I assume Stacia, you probably did. You listen to every album that came out and constantly because you really like the name. Well, there's so many, you know, there was so many groups. Now that might have been a problem back then, but anyway, whatever doesn't matter. <laughs> The thing with Motorhead's discography is it's all good. There's nothing I'm pissed about. Like, there's no there's... album that I'm like, ah, that one sucks. Like, they're all good. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Now, but the, the song, like, even this album, when I listen to it again, I'm reading, I'm going, like, well, I'll get to that in a second. Let's first do, first we'll do the one, this is what I do when I come to your restaurant. I won't pay your price, Stacia. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so anyway, what do you think of this song, Stacia? Um, okay. 
I swear I'm not going to say this every time, but this really is one of my favorite songs. I, I love this song so much. It was the second Motorhead song I ever learned how to play just because I'm so obsessed with it. Um, again, amazing lyrics, but it's because Motorhead writes the best fuck you songs. Like if you're really pissed at someone or if you feel like you've been cheated or if you... I don't know, happen to like go into business with someone who's a huge fucking asshole and you can't stop hyper fixating on it. They, like songs like this are the best. Um, they're just fantastic for when you feel really like, yeah, pissed and angry, but you still want to like rock out and kind of have fun and not drown in it. And like, this is a really, really good example of that. The song is amazing. It, it really, if at the very least it's top three on this album. Okay, Jim. Yeah, this is a, a, another great song, and, and it's going to be the same thread for me through the whole thing. <laughs> I think it's really cool because the start up with the drums is just awesome, and it's a little slower, but it's so sludgy heavy. I love it, and it's got kind of, and I'm not a fan of the Beatles, uh, but it's got kind of this weird Beatlesque start sound to it that I, I, I kept listening, to, like when I was doing, like I listened to this album all the time, but I really started to kind of fixate on like Stacia was saying the uh the lyrics and actually the really listening to the music uh more so with my headphones on just kind of prepping and it has this kind of Beatlesque kind of really cool sound to it and uh and that that's got a wicked guitar riff too so but I mean no this this it's another great song and and it's got a perfect spot because you're coming from one and two like you, you hit it with overkill then you get stay clean on there and then you slow her down a little bit motorhead style right into number three and I, I i just think it's awesome i mean yeah like first of all that lyric i'm gonna count up to three and if you're still here then i'm gonna blow away your knees <laughs> hysterical <laughs> also second jim if you don't like the beatles we are already friends <laughs> i i can't stand oh. the beatles you being but like, I'm not into the Beatles. I was like, we're buds. <laughs> but Lemmy, but Lemmy liked the Beatles. Did, don't, yeah. Why do you have to ruin that for me, Blake? <laughs> you don't even, he, you don't even listen to Motorhead. He said anybody that doesn't like the Beatles it. shouldn't be listening to Motorhead. <laughs> okay, he didn't say that. <laughs> but yeah, I read that. I was going to, it was funny because this is the first time the Beatles have been mentioned on our podcast episode. Let's hope it's the last. <laughs> At least I think so, anyway. Uh, <laughs> But I was trying to find a fact about that. But I did read where he said he liked the Beatles better than the Rolling Stones. He said the Rolling Stones had good music, but live they sucked or something, he said. But so you like the Beatles. Yeah, I saw <laughs> but it's on, OK on, if you uh, don't like the Beatles. On his documentary there, he went, I think, when this the documentary that they did on Lemmy a while ago, he, he went to, I think it was one of the record stores in L.A. and he wanted to get all the Beatles catalog there on analog because he didn't want it digitalized. He wanted it on analog and he was there buying it. It was pretty cool. So, but yeah, he was a huge Beatles fan for sure. Maybe I mean, Stacia, nobody, you need perfect. to, Stacia, maybe you need to give the Beatles a chance. I'm okay. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Then the song, I'll be your sister. I'm not sure what this is about, but uh, whose turn is it? Jim, I guess, I think. Sure. I mean, that, that wicked bass intro for the first few seconds. And it's another great song. I mean, you know, it, it, and this has a, a great punk vibe to it as well. I mean, it's a, again, I mean, I'm going to 
repeat myself over and over again. But it has what I like about the punk vibe with this one is it's got kind of a little bit of a Ramon sound to it. And, the, uh, you know, I, I, I can hear that coming through and it's uh, it's got kind of that Ramon's groove to it. And, and the, you know, I, it's just a hell of a lot heavier than anything the Ramones ever did. But uh, no, it's a it's a great album. It's sorry, a great, a great track for sure. You know, yeah, you know who Lemmy liked way more than the Beatles? The Ramones. Ah. <laughs> he was a huge Ramones fan. Um, I have the same thing about that opening bass solo. Like, it it really pulls you in. Uh, but as for uh, Blake not knowing what it's about, so, again, I love it because the song sounds, like, super skanky, which is something I really like about it. But uh, honestly, what it is, it's about uh, unconditional love and support and just being an anchor for someone. It's about being like whatever a person needs in that moment. So it's like, I'll be your sister. I'll be your mother. I'll be your best friend. I'll be whoever. Like, it's just somebody being like, I will be whoever and whatever you need because I am 100% like with you in this situation. So it's got like such a, a like shitty, gritty kind of sound. Um, but yeah, it's actually a really, really lovely song. Nice. <laughs> Okay, I don't have any comments about that song. Um, uh, no, it's fun. They actually played that one 146 times live. I don't. I, I barely remember the name of this. Like when I listened to this, it, it's. I saw "I'll Be Your Sister." I'm going. Motorhead has a song called "I'll Be Your Sister." Yeah, they <laughs> so do. I but anyway, then we go to Capricorn, which has been played 112 times live. Now, this is, I can even, I'll just say a little something. It's a little slower. And I know this was on my live album, too. And I've heard this so much, but it's not really one of my favorite songs. But I'm sure you both love it, Sustacia. Okay. So just to break things up, I will say this is not my favorite song on the album. Oh. And usually, though, whenever, like, Blake, whenever you and I do a podcast like this and you open by saying, oh, this one's a little slower, it's usually followed by me being like, yeah, it's not my favorite. Um, so, I mean, it is, I, I'd still rather listen to this than a song that isn't Motorhead. But yeah. I mean, in terms of like, if you were like, is it, this wouldn't even be in my like top 50 Motorhead songs. Um, <laughs> It's it's a little less structured. It's a lot of like groovy bluesy solos, which is really cool for sure. But I mean, it's not a like roll down your car windows and rock out kind of song. So it's not one that I, I'm really like gravitated to. It definitely shows uh, like Eddie Clark's range. It's good uh, like to just be like, here's a bunch of like bluesy soloing, which is awesome. But yeah, not necessarily for me. Uh, Jim. Yeah, it's I mean, I, I like it. It's I wrote down this, that it's got a foggy blues riff. So that's how I described it. It's got kind of a 1960s kind of sound to it. And it chugs along. I mean, it's, it's, it's really, really heavy. I think it's got that, that I'm going to stick with my foggy blues riff. I love that. And, uh, but no, I like it. And uh, I, it's, I've, I've heard it live as well. It wasn't in, you know, he, he didn't play it in any of the shows I've seen, but I, I don't know how many did you say how many times it was played uh, 112 times live um, yeah that's probably obviously not that much for motorhead uh <laughs> tracks for sure so but no it's, it's a pretty cool song pretty cool song for sure it's even one of the lower ones that they've played on this from this album live for some reason but anyway then we get to no class now this is my favorite one from this album and I know that was on the live album when I first heard it. And it's such a, it's kind of like ZZ Top, but, you know, heavy. 
Now, Stasia, do you know how to play no class on the guitar? You know what's really funny? So I know how to play probably half of this album. I haven't <laughs> learned how to play no class, but I, I could. Uh, I can play it for you by tomorrow, probably. <laughs> just because, not because I'm amazing, obviously, but just because I've played so many Motorhead riffs that after a while you kind of get to know how, especially like this era, you get to know how like Fast Eddie structures his songs. And is it, then do you like the song? Uh, I don't want to meet somebody who doesn't like this song. This song, <laughs> so this is like the most classic rock and roll riff. Um, this is actually super fun fact. Uh, I don't know if you guys are into plasmatics at all, but this song was dedicated to Wendy O. Williams. Um, no. And I found this really great quote from Lemmy. Um, and he said he dedicated it to her, quote, because she had no class. She was very good in bed, end quote. <laughs> Um, but I mean, this is also like one of the most common motorhead tattoos too. Like a lot of people have the war pig, but a lot of people have like a no class tattoo. Uh, this is something that I think is just, it's iconic dirtbag lyrics. And that is what I love about it. And Jim. Yeah, I'm a very low class as well. So I'm, I like this song and it's going to. You know, I'm not giving it away. I'm giving it away. It's going to make my top 10. This is my second favorite on this album. Uh, you know, ditto to what Stacia said with, you know, it's just a phenomenal riff in that. And, and they, you know, even in 1988, this was one of the two songs off this album he played live. And what was neat about it, they didn't even on in that show uh, with Alice Cooper that he they opened for. He never, they never, uh, they didn't even play Overkill that time. So you know, this one obviously seemed to be at the time probably more popular, probably because Overkill was maybe I dare to say as uh, you know as commercial as it can be for maybe Motorhead, (laughs) you know. Well, this one yeah. they played this one six hundred and four times live, so it's one of it's up there for them playing it. Uh, how can you remember what they played when they opened for Alice Cooper? It was like thirty years ago. <laughs> I, I googled it. I wrote it down. Oh. I had to. I googled it. I got the, the song lists, and I I did my like I say I did my uh, my oh, okay. stuff. And, yeah, I guess I could have did that too. Played but... it in two thousand and five as well, so that was pretty cool. Okay. <laughs> Uh, that is this is my that is my favorite song from this album, No Class. And I, you know, that was on the live album too, and I loved it then. Now I kind of think that the song by Fastway, Easy Living, is really similar to this, isn't it? Yeah. Not I'm not saying it's exactly the same, but it's got the same vibe, just a few, you know, your your few riffs there. And so I'm sure Fast Eddie thought it'll work for Fastway too. Maybe not, but whatever. Okay, Damage Case, Jim. Uh, I mean, this is another one that was huge off this album. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a, it's, it, it's another fantastic classic Motorhead head track. I mean, it's, it's awesome, and I, I think I originally heard this off, I believe, the live album as well, if I remember correctly. And I mean, it's just this thing's a definite show burner. I mean, it's number seven on the album so just when you're you leave no class another classic you head into this and it's just i mean we're we only have a few more tracks to go here and it's just he's just they're just pumping out these classic classic uh you know songs that are just so good one right after the another and and this is no no different at all either 
it's so true like coming out of no class and then you go to damage case man like i wouldn't even i feel like my face would melt off like just listening to this for the first because again i don't even remember the first time i listened to this album but i almost wish i could like if you could somehow unhear an album and listen to it again for the first time because it is it's like banger after banger after banger damage case is another one of my favorites on this album for sure it was the third motorhead song i ever learned how to play um and i feel like a lot of this album is let me talking about the different kinds of women he sleeps with <laughs> like that's uh the theme comes up a lot but i feel like this one is good just because i don't know we all sort of know a person who like fits the bill here um but yeah like lyrics are great they're funny they're relatable uh but it's just another banger a lot of like stupid fun power chords it's great and that one they've played 310 times live now the next one tear you down oh i like damage case by the way but that was another one that metallica played on their garage days thing so I guess I let I heard them play it first. But anyway, Tear You Down has only been played 12 times live. What? So this song must really suck. Okay. Um, <laughs> no, it's a good song. I like it. But anyway, Stacia, what do you think of Tear Oh, my you gosh. Down? I'm sorry. That's, that's throwing me right off. Okay. So fun fact. Um, one time I was doing uh, not a DJ set because I DJ with tapes. So a, t- a TJ set. Okay. Um, and... Uh, this was one of the songs I had like in my DJ set. Um, and I had this moment where I was, uh, I moved the, the moved it over to like start the next song, uh, like on the board. And there was this pause where I was like, oh shit, did I fuck up? Is the next song not gonna play? Um, and then it came in and I was, and it was this song and I was so excited that I did some like super shitty air guitar to it. I didn't play guitar at the time. Um, but I did this really shitty air guitar um, and someone filmed me doing it and I still have the video but because of how bad my dumb air guitar was this is the first song I ever learned how to play on guitar period like not even just my first motorhead song this is the very first song I ever learned how to play Um, if I had to guess why maybe it's not played all the time it's the same riff the entire song that being said the riff is fucking awesome and i love this song <laughs> um it's definitely like another favorite for sure but uh i don't know if you guys like or jim if you know what the lyrics are but i'm gonna tear you down this is just let me saying i'm gonna fuck your brains out that's all this is <laughs> like this is let me telling someone how much he is good in bed and is just gonna screw them later so <laughs> the lyrics to this are are just him talking about his prowess and how much he likes super tall girls with long legs that's it (laughs) well i'm glad you brought this up so i didn't have to okay so (laughs) (laughs) because i didn't even invest in the lyrics so jim what do you think of terry uh, down well i don't think i can top that description that's for sure but uh, (laughs) you know it's a i mean it's awesome song and yeah that guitar riff is just phenomenal and it does it just keeps going through the whole song. And I I think I thought it would have been played a lot more live, but I think there's just so much, they, they probably are splitting up their, their, you know, their set. And this probably just fell off multiple times because there's so much good, good material on this album that, that, you know, fans want to hear in that. But I was shocked 12 times. That blows me away. I mean, uh, it, it's a great song, awesome song. And, well, I can't, I can't top that descri- description for sure. So. 
Blake, you really messed up both of us up with that 12 times fact. Yeah, yeah for sure. Oh. Well, this is the album they've played the most live, but I guess when you have, you know, all the other songs, of course, you can't fit them all in, right? I guess. Because <laughs> this next one, they play a whole bunch live, and this is one of my least favorite songs on the album, Metropolis. Uh, Jim, do you like Metropolis? Yeah, and this is this song. I mean, I, this is another classic Motorhead song. I mean, it's got that really cool that intro, that startup for it is just awesome. And I mean, uh, it's got this thick rock sound that I love love with it. It's just I kind of find it kind of sludgy as well, and I love that. But both times I've seen I've seen uh, Motorhead, they've played it, and I mean, they. they they would have been played at the concert, uh, you know, the first, the, for the one there with uh, Alice Cooper. And I mean, he only did six or eight songs. So that's pretty cool uh, that they, that they, they incorporate this into a lot of their, and I, I'm dying to hear how many times it's been played live. I mean, I know you must have that. Well, it's been played live 1,257 yeah. times. It's the second most, it's almost as many as Overkill actually. <laughs> yeah. And I, I mean, it's an, this classic motorhead. You I mean, I'm shocked. This is your, your, the one you, you're, you don't like the, the, you know, it's your least favorite on the album. But we'll let it slide. <laughs> Deisha, do you like Metropolis? So I think, I think the song is amazing, and I think it really shows their range because on this, it's such a different style of song. Um, for an album that is like so rock and roll, Jim, I agree, it has kind of like a sludgy sound to it for sure. Um, and it, I mean, but at the same time, having a lot of sort of like wanky solos to like mix it up. Um, it's not like my favorite on the album. It's, it's no Capricorn, but it's not, uh, it's not, it's not in my top three. Um, but I mean, I, I like when Motorhead does do kind of like the dark depressing themes. I just, sometimes they can do that and still like really rock out. And I feel like this song is a little like ethereal. It puts you in a weird headspace, which is what it's supposed to do. And it's why I think it's it's such an impressive addition to this album because it's kind of like, uh, you know, we can we can have like different sounds and we can add something like this on there. And it does still fit. It really stands. I know a lot of people where this is their favorite song on the album. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I don't like sludge, so maybe that's why I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> and then the last track is called Limb from Limb. I hope this one isn't about sex, is it? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, can I go first? Yeah, you go, go first. first. Yes. Blake, it's a hundred percent about sex. Oh, <laughs> like I don't know if that's if that was on purpose, but that's this is just another song about Lemmy wanting to plow someone. He literally <laughs> says, There ain't no shame in my bed at night. When he says I'm gonna tear you limb from limb, he's like, I'm gonna have super rough sex with you. That is literally what this song is about. Um, like this song can tear you down. Yeah, the song can tear you down. He just he talks a lot about how much he wants to have sex with tall girls. So if uh if you're a short girl like me, you're you're out of luck with Lemmy. <laughs> um, but I mean that aside, uh, this is still like such an iconic Motorhead riff. Um, it is it is still like maybe a little on the like slower bluesy side, but it's a super super iconic yeah Motorhead song, and that that riff really does pull you in. And Jim, yeah, I can I. What I like to do, uh, the same thing as Stacia, I like to, when I listen to the song, I like to place it. Where would I place this in the catalog? It's up there. Um, but I also like to think about, like, for instance, the last song, it kind of, 
it had that sludgy, maybe even kind of Motorhead doing like a little bit of a doom kind of sound. But I mean, then it just, it rips, it, you know, it totally rips into a Motorhead riff. But this one, I thought, and you know, I, I mean, uh, you're the expert, Blake, on this, but I thought it had kind of a bit of a Zeppelin sound to it. I really got that out of it. I don't know. And I mean, it's got that bluesy riff. Maybe that's it. But it's super heavy. I mean, it's it's way heavier than anything, you know, Zeppelin ever put out. But I, I mean, it, it's it's awesome. But I, I kind of have these hints when I when I listen to it, and I've always thought that that it it kind of had that. I don't know if he's a fan of Zeppelin or was a fan or anything, but I, you know, that that's what I, that's definitely what I got out of. It. Well, I am a fan of Zeppelin since I put three of their albums in my top yeah, ten yeah. of that thing. <laughs> <laughs> But I, I don't know. I listened to this album so much this week that I, but I don't even, I didn't really stop. I just kept it going. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I don't even recall if I would think that I'd have to listen to it again. Oh, wait, I want to go back. I want, I won't pay your price. Is that a song about sex too? <laughs> no, that song okay. is not about sex. <laughs> okay. <laughs> also, I was going to say, I, no, ahead. what were you going to say, Blake? <laughs> well, because. Because Limb from Limb has only been played 23 times live. And then I mentioned Tear It Down has only been played 12 times live. So I thought maybe the song's about sex. He doesn't play live very much. <laughs> <laughs> I think after a while, he's just put his own brand out there enough that he doesn't need to advertise. <laughs> but also, Jim, okay. I, I don't know. I feel like I agree with you because Limb from Limb is the kind of sound where you'd listen to it while you were stoned in a beanbag chair. And to me, like, if that doesn't say Zeppelin, I don't know what does. Good point. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So that's I think that's, for how much, I how think that's the is. album, right? That's it, right? Yeah. Okay. Because there's always extra things and I don't know what I got. So, okay. So we're going to rate it out of 10. Uh, uh, ugh, Jim, you go first. <laughs> uh, I mean, this is, I have a hard time. I love, I love Bomber as well. Um, but, you know, and there's a lot there's a lot of great albums in their catalog, you know, uh, you've got 1916, you've got, you know, the world, I like the world is yours and that there's, I'm going to go with like a 9.8, but it could easily be a 10, but I could put eight or nine motorhead albums in there. That would be a 10. So, and I mean, to be honest with you, the two albums released in the same year that were so groundbreaking with this one and bomber, you know what, I'm going to give it a 10. And, and Bomber at 10 as well. So there you go. <laughs> okay, Stacia? I'm also going to give this a 10. Easy. That's the, that, yeah, that's not even a question. This album is 10 out of 10. It's it's such an all-killer, no-filler album. Yeah. Um, also, Jim, I also love 1916. That album is amazing. I almost asked to do that one. <laughs> uh, well, I don't think I should give my rating then. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> Is it I, I'm, only, I'm only giving it an E because, well, I don't like Metropolis and I don't like Capricorn. <laughs> but they're so good. Even when you don't like them, you're like, ah, oh, they're good. Like Capricorn's not my favorite, but I'm like, it's damn better than anything I could ever write in a million years. <laughs> well, I guess. Yeah. Well, I don't <laughs> write music though. <laughs> and then I guess we don't have to ask. I was, cause I usually ask about seeing them live, but we already did that. So we don't have to do that. So now we're going to do our top 10 Motorhead songs. I'm so if, excited. I don't know if anybody has any honorable mentions. I have a couple because I was actually going to include them on my top 10, but then I thought maybe I shouldn't. 
I don't know. I think I'm going to go first, I guess. Usually I go last, but I'm going to go first. <laughs> first of all, two of my honorable mentions are the two songs they did with Girl School. Oh, yeah. Because I really like the songs, but I thought I'm not going to put them on my top 10 list just because they played them with Girl School. But anyway, that was the emergency and please don't touch, which I'm sure is about sex. <laughs> <laughs> And Stone Dead Forever is also another uh, honorable mention because I had a bunch there and I had to narrow it down. So anyway, number 10, I got, well, number 10, I have Overkill, even though Stacia says it's the best song in the world. But anyway, (laughs) number nine, I got We Are the Road Crew, which is from the Ace of Spades album. And I know that was on the live album I had. And I thought, that's as cool as a song about the road crew on here whatever uh number eight i have bomber which of course is from bomber number seven i have snaggletooth do you know what album that's from anybody from i'd have to look it up i can't think of which album that's on me neither okay well it's from no remorse because when they released that no remorse album they put a few couple new songs on it yeah and number six i have i'm so bad baby i don't care which is from 1916 number five i have chase is better than the catch from ace of spades i believe i did that right number four i got bye bye bitch bye bye (laughs) from the world is yours Number three, I have Ace of Spades, obviously from me. Oh, and um, no, my last, the last dog I had, his name was Ace, and he was named after the song Ace of Spades because he was also black. So he was the Ace of Spades. <laughs> number two is No Class from this album. And who could anybody want to guess my number one Motorhead song? Number one, motorhead. <laughs> number one. 1916. Oh my no. god. I'll give you well, it's on no remorse. Oh, okay. Locomotive. But, but I realize it's kind of a best of album. So yeah. uh nah, oh, it's might. not one of the original ones on it. Okay. Well then I take Actually, I gave back. you a hint when I sent you the invite to this meeting. Oh yes. Killed by death. Yes. Oh, that's- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, that's my number one song. I love that song. That's Probably because fair. it starts out with the line, if you squeeze my lizard, I'll put my snake on you. I'm what do you think explaining. that's about, Blake? I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to leave that one for you, Stacia. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, let's do uh, uh, Jim next. What's your top 10? Yeah, my top 10. So my top, my number 10 is Shoot You in the Back from Ace of Spades. Love that song. Absolutely love it. Not, number nine. Born to Lose, uh, The World is Yours. I wanted to put some, you know, some some newer, newer stuff in there for sure. Cause it's just, I mean, I, I whittled this down to 50, then whittled it down to 30. And then I was, I was right up until <laughs> an hour before this, I was still battling. So uh, number eight, Motorhead from the debut album, uh, you know, had to throw that in there. Um, what else do I have? Uh, number seven, the Thousand Names of God from Motorizer. I love that. Love that mm. song. That's a wicked one. Number six, slow it down a little bit here with God Was Never on Your Side from Kiss of Death. That's so cool. good. Love that ballad. Yeah, that's it's awesome. And I mean, it just you hear it and it just it's just so cool. Number five is No Class. Uh, 
obviously from Overkill. Uh, number six, I've, or, or, sorry, five, I'm going backwards, four. <laughs> number four is Dead Men Tell No Tales from Bomber. That's another awesome track. Number three is Bomber from Bomber. Number two is 1916 from that album. Love that song. Absolutely love that song. And that is a great album as well, Stacia. I agree. And my number one, I already gave it away, is Overkill. And a couple of my honorable mentions, obviously, I, I've got, um, you know, I put Ace of Spades on there. Uh, Eat the Rich from Rock and Roll, Orgasmic oh. Fun, which was the, from the first uh, Motorhead album I, I owned. And I threw uh, Kill, Kill by Death on there as well from no, from no remorse uh so we had a we had two there that were the same plus uh, i think two of the honorable mentions blake so I, I i can't wait to hear stacia's uh top 10 yeah well they have so many songs it's kind of yeah. hard to match these isn't it so stacia what's your top 10 oh uh, this was tough i i also like jim i struggled very much all right so my number 10 is we are the road crew from ace of spades uh number nine my favorite kind of slow ballady song from them love me forever off of 1916 and uh, number eight damage case off of overkill number seven so my favorite off of no remorse locomotive i think that song is super fun and super underrated uh, number six from ace of spades the hammer um number five rock out from motorizer another really good roll down your windows and crank the tune song Number four, Dance from Ace of Spades. Number three, I Won't Pay Your Price off of Overkill. Number two, and it was almost number one, but it can't be, I'm So Bad off of 1916. And of course, because it's the best song ever written by mankind, <laughs> number one is Overkill. Um, but I, because I struggled very much, I, I had some honorable mentions too. Um, I also had No Voice in the Sky as um, one of... Uh, a, a tough, like, sad ballady one that I wanted to put on there. And, of course, Motorhead off of Motorhead, Eat the Rich and No Class. Nice. And also, there's a few other things I was going to mention. First of all, I was just looking on Spotify. Ace of Spades has been played 391,990,000 times. <laughs> and only half of that was me. <laughs> And the second most song played is The Game, which, of course, is the Triple H wrestler's theme yeah. music. I was going to say, but I feel like that, yeah, that's that's the algorithm kind of screwing with you a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then did you guys know that Lemmy wrote songs for Ozzy? Did you know that? No. I, I didn't know that, but I'm not surprised. Uh, it says he wrote, it's uh, four of the songs he wrote were on No More Tears. I guess the royalties he got from Mama, I'm Coming Home was more money than he made before that by himself. Wow. <laughs> you know what? Also, I really love that album, but I like Ozzy's solo material a really embarrassing amount. <laughs> and do we know how, oh, it says he's a sex legend, but Stacia already kind of proved that with all these songs. <laughs> um, <laughs> and we know... Yeah, we know that. There was something. Oh, the nickname Lemmy. Do we know how we got that name? Someone asked me that today, and I actually don't know. Okay. Well, it's because, okay, his real name was Ian. I think you probably said that, right? Ian Fraser yep. Kilmister. 
Yeah. Um, but he loves slot machines. So the oh, story yeah. goes now, this is if this is true, because, you know, I'm just reading what I'm reading. <laughs> he loves slot machines. So he'd always ask his friends, can you lend me a quid, which whatever is the money that over there. And so people he kept saying that. So they started calling him Lemmy because he kept saying, yeah. can you lend me some money? That's pretty funny. <laughs> I guess. So that's what he I did. know that he loves the slot machines for sure. And he didn't found Motorhead till he was 30 years old. And he didn't gain popularity really till he was 35 years old. So he's a late bloomer, I guess. And he used to be a roadie for Jimi Hendrix. Yeah. For like six months or something like that. And we, oh, and he also loved, oh, you, oh, I mentioned that he liked the Beatles. He also loved somebody else. I don't know. You're going to like this, Stacia, but he was a Janet Jackson fan. Oh, I like with Janet Jackson. <laughs> and apparently he wanted to do a song with her, but his record company wouldn't let him. <laughs> I don't know. Probably because she was probably scared. Probably. I don't know. Oh, <laughs> maybe. Um, I still okay, feel like that- his favorite band was the Ramones. Yes, probably. Like he talks about them all the time. Okay, I think uh, did we cover everything? I think we did. Yeah, yeah, I think we did. That was fun. That was fun, guys. Yeah, this was super good. It's yeah. hard too, right? Because it's it's a lot of like, oh yeah, this song's the best. Yeah, this song's the best. Yeah, this song's the best. <laughs> well, there's lots of like I say, there's lots of great songs. I would say you guys are you're more of a fans of the full albums, like especially this one, then maybe mm-hmm. than I am. But, you know, I love two or three of the tracks a lot. But then the next album, I love two or three of the tracks on there. And then this album and this album, because I listened to night. You talked about 1916 and I listened to it the other day and I didn't like it as much as you like it. <laughs> but I still Crazy. like a few songs, but I don't know. But they have so many albums, like you mentioned, like there's 23 <laughs> studio albums. And they're all good. I'm going to listen to Bomber after this because Jim's list made me be like, yeah, I got to listen to Bomber again. (laughs) Wicked. Love it. (laughs) Okay. So thanks guys for joining me. Now, usually I mention the next album that we're going to do, but I don't know what it is yet. So it'll be a surprise. And so, yeah. So check us out again on our website, www.themetalpit.org. Thanks for joining me, Stacia and Jim. Thanks so much for having us, Blake. Okay. Thanks for listening. Goodbye.